0: Weather and science across the globe The Weather Jazz Podcast And I think to myself What a wonderful world It's Science Wednesday and it's time to explore... Big Be- l- 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 Marble. Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. up. Here, Here we go. In three, two, one, 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 one. one. Welcome to Weather Chats, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weathered. Science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is season three, episode 29 for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Today's episode is brought to you by Rise and Dine Restaurant in Chesterland. So you've got the hankering for a good breakfast or lunch or brunch? Well, have I got the spot for you right there in Chesterland, right at the corner of Route 306 and 322 in the southeast corner, just south of the CVS in the plaza. You'll find some of the best and tastiest things that you can even imagine. And by the way, if you're an Eggs Benedict fan, you'll want to try them on a Sunday. Because every Sunday, they have that on the menu as a special. You don't want to miss that. And of course, their menu is extensive. Give them a try sometime. And who knows? We might even run into you there. Rise and Dine. Every Wednesday through Monday, they have Tuesdays off. Wednesday through Monday, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Well, I did not have an episode on Monday. Things just got really crazy. I had the privilege of officiating a very special funeral. You see, about three or four years ago, I met a gentleman by the name of Roy Ditto. At that point, he was just about 99 years old, and he asked me if I would someday, when the right time came, officiate his funeral. You see, I officiated the funeral of a friend of his a few years prior at Chesterlin Baptist Church, and he really liked the positive focus. And so we had a chance to chat, as a matter of fact, at Rise and Dine Restaurant in Chesterlin. And as we did, we had the chance to essentially go over why that funeral was so positive positive. It was because at that point that the person, his friend, had a relationship with Christ, and I had the chance to lead Roy Ditto into that relationship at 99 years old. It just goes to show you it's never too late. Well, I agreed to officiate his funeral at some point, and of course, it always comes way too soon. And Roy would have been 102 years old in March, and he just recently went home to his heavenly reward. And because of that relationship, even at 99 years young, well, that was a point of celebration. So we turned what could have been a very sad situation, and indeed there was some grieving that always goes on, but... We turned it around and had a wonderful celebration of life, and we got to enjoy some of the funny stories that he left behind. That's the way Roy wanted it, and so that's the way we conducted ourselves on Monday. It was a long day, Monday, and essentially when I got home, I had to run out to Fox 8 to begin my day there, and so the Monday meteorological edition of uh, Weather Jazz had to fall by the wayside, but there really wasn't a lot going on. Well, there is today. It is warm across a lot of the Ohio Valley and eastern seaboard. And we might even see some record high temperatures set during the day today. However, it is still winter, and there's still plenty of winter in the northern Rockies, and in the upper Midwest, and that is going to make a play replacing the record high temperatures along the East Coast with that chill for at least a day or two. Don't put away the snow shovels just yet if you live in the Ohio Valley. Well, today is Science Wednesday, and we started a series a couple of weeks ago called The Big Blue Marble. Essentially, We have a very, very diverse planet, planet Earth, with a lot of really cool places. So many that perhaps this series will take us into the rest of 2023 and beyond. So I thought I'd take time to visit some of these locations. Some places are big. Like last week, we took a look at the entire island of Greenland. That was episode number 27. And in episode number 28, we took a look at the music of Greenland with the band Nanook. One of the singers of Nanook joined me, and we had a wonderful conversation about Greenlandic music. Don't miss it. Go back and check those out. But sometimes we go hyper-local. We're going to do that today. The very, very first episode, the Galapagos Islands along the equator, was an interesting place. But today, we're going to stay on the theme of islands, and a very interesting island, to say the very least. It's pretty small. It's actually located just outside of Seattle, Washington. The island is called Mercer Island. Now, if you go to weatherjazz.com episode number 29, you will see a map of exactly where Mercer Island is, it is actually in a freshwater lake right next to Seattle, Washington, in between Washington and Bellevue. It's a freshwater lake, but it's an unusual one in that it is right next to the Puget Sound, which is a saltwater ocean. So these two coexist side by side, very interesting, and at one point they were totally separate, but Since then, a canal was in fact dug out, and you can travel via boat from the Puget Sound and into Washington Lake, which is a freshwater lake. Now, inside this freshwater lake is a rather large island right in the middle called Mercer Island. And the island looks like it's a vertical one, traveling more north and south than east and west right in the middle of Washington Lake. Again, that freshwater lake in between Seattle and Bellevue, Washington. Now, Mercer Island is connected to the mainland on both sides, as a matter of fact, by bridges carrying Interstate 90 with the city of Seattle off to the west and the city of Bellevue to the east. The bridge in between is called the Lacey v. Murrow Memorial Bridge and also a parallel bridge called the Homer M. Hadley Memorial Bridge. Both, get this, both are floating bridges that span Lake Washington and carry, respectively, both eastbound and westbound lanes of Interstate 90. More on that bridge, which is fascinating, coming up in just a little bit. So let's talk about the island. It is, in fact, inhabited in fact, the population is 25,748 as of the 2020 census, and Mercer Island has its own zip code, 98040. A couple of other interesting tidbits about Mercer Island is that it has the fifth highest per capita income in the state of Washington and is one of the 100 Richest zip codes in the USA. Now the city of Mercer Island was actually incorporated from East Seattle on July 5th, 1960. but by 1970 everything merged together on the island to form essentially the city of Mercer Island. That was on May 19, 1970. Geographically, the peak elevation of the island, is 338 feet, and that's near the center of the island. And as far as the coverage, it has a total area of just under seven square miles. So in terms of islands, it's rather small, but it certainly is densely populated. So much so that here's a fun fact that sticks out. Mercer Island is the most populated island in a lake in the entire United States. How about that? In terms of climate, it is essentially the same as Seattle or Tacoma. The summers are relatively warm, but not hot and dry because of the proximity to the West Coast to the point where no average monthly temperature exceeds 72 degrees Now, the island may be small, about seven or so square miles. However, it has a decent-sized educational system that operates seven schools on the island. Four of them are primary schools, Lake Ridge Elementary, Island Park Elementary, West Mercer Elementary, and Northwood Elementary. There's one middle school and one high school, and one alternative secondary school called Crest Learning Center. The population density was about 4,000 inhabitants per square mile. Again, that's the most densely populated lake island in the United States. 25% of those households are Jewish, and there are two synagogues on the island. And even despite its small size, it does have several parks. One of them, Luther Burbank Park, which actually covers 77 acres, a pretty decent amount of land that has almost half a mile of waterfront. The park also has public boat docks, a fishing pier, swimming beach, an amphitheater, tennis courts, barbecues, and picnic facilities, and an off-leash dog area. Not bad for an island that's only seven square miles. Now, let's talk about the canal. The canal that essentially bridges the gap between the salty Puget Sound, the ocean, and the inland freshwater lake was a project that actually began in 1911. Now, it took some time to bridge the gap between the two, but the whole project was completed in 1934. Now... Let's talk about the Morrow Bridge. It is the second longest floating bridge in the world. And its length is 6,620 feet. That's more than a mile long. Now, what is the longest floating bridge, you may ask? That is actually called the Governor Albert D. Rossellini Bridge. Where is that? That's actually just a few miles north on the same lake. Now, the original bridge that essentially closes the gap or connects Seattle to Bellevue through the island was actually constructed initially in 1940. Since then, that original bridge was closed and a new one was opened in 1993, so that's relatively recent. But why a floating bridge? Well, you see, the bottom of Lake Washington is so muddy and so murky and has so little solid ground until you really, really drill down deeply that it would have been truly prohibitively expensive to drill the kind of pylons needed to put a traditional bridge from Bellevue to Seattle and crossing over Mercer Island. So engineers had to find a better way. And what better way than a floating pontoon bridge? But it is how it's constructed that's truly the most fascinating. Yes, there are pontoons that keep the bridge afloat. But the pontoons are actually made of concrete. They're concrete hollows that have enough buoyancy to essentially keep the bridge afloat. That's the way they did it back in 1940. And it has worked so well that the new bridge opened in 1993 uses the very same engineering technique that was used initially back in 1940. If you'd like to see a photo of what that bridge looks like from the air, go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 29, and you'll see some of the images not only of the bridge, but also of the island, a truly fascinating place. And if you ever go to Seattle, Washington, make sure you pay a visit to Mercer Island. I've been to that island a number of times on a number of trips to Seattle, Washington. It's truly a fascinating place. Well, I'm not exactly sure what is on deck for next Wednesday. I have a couple of possibilities, but I'm still waiting to hear from a lot of you. Maybe there is a place you'd like to know more about. I have a handful of suggestions, but I would like a lot more. And I do need to hear from you. Make sure you drop me an email, weatherjazz at com, or use the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. And if you're on a run or driving and can't jot that down, not to worry. Just go to weatherjazz.com. And click on the Contacts tab at the very top, and you will see both of those ways that you can get in touch with me. Let me know what you think. Is there a spot, even an unusual location, or a place on the planet that you would like to know a lot more about? Get your suggestions in today. By the way, the record high temperature for Cleveland for those of you in Northeast Ohio for today is 67 degrees That was set back a couple of years before I was born, 1954, and so it's almost an old vine year. 67 is going to be very, very doable. So when we reconvene on Friday, Open Line Friday, we'll let you know if we indeed hit that record or stayed shy of it. It's going to be close, and it's going to be worthy of watching. Open Line Friday, coming your way. See you then. Weather and science across the globe. the globe. the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.